Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Down But Not Out, the show where founders tell their real-life stories of entrepreneurial resiliency. I started doing this show after my one company, VisitorQ, was dealt a death blow by Google that almost led to us losing all of our revenue and all of our clients. And we would have gone out of business if it wasn't for our team's resiliency, determination, and hard work. You see, I love a good underdog. So these stories resonate more with me than the $1 billion exit or the story of how your company IPO'd. These are stories of grit meant to inspire you, the listener, to keep fighting. As entrepreneurs and business owners, we will have our backs against the wall multiple times throughout our journey. So let hearing about others' tough times be your fight song, be your hoorah, and that thing that gets you out of bed on those tough days. This episode is brought to you by my company, VisitorQ. Identify the anonymous companies visiting your website so your sales team can follow up with them. Visit visitorq.com today to start your 14-day free trial. So, without further ado, let's get started on episode one. Now, I thought it'd be good for episode one to do my own journey, do my own uh, near-death experience, my own time that I was down but not out. And who am I? Well, my name is Nick Hollinger. I live in London, Ontario, Canada, and I started a company by the name of VisitorQ that does IP address reversal to identify the companies that are visiting other companies' websites. And we sell this to a few thousand companies across the globe uh, so that their, their sales team can follow up with those leads and hopefully close new business. Uh, we've worked with some great companies, some larger names like Microsoft and, and Jones Lang LaSalle. And then we work with some smaller companies as well. Uh, we started in, it was probably about June of 2017 that we finally registered the name and started building out our software. And at that time, it was just myself and my co-founder, Tara Zubiak, that, uh, that were working on the company. And Taraz was building out our MVP as I got other things ready for our launch. And we were able to launch a beta of the, we actually launched an alpha first with a few, few hundred uh, or few hundred testers in about September of 2017. And then in December of 2017, we launched our full uh, beta and opened it up to a few thousand more testers. And uh, after that, and after some feedback, after they broke the system, they uh, we were eventually ready to launch into our full paid product in April of 2018. And this is being recorded in uh, what is it, March now of 2021. And so about three years after the launch of our full product. Um, and our down but not out story uh, happened in February of 2020. And I remember that day 
I remember that day like no other. Very cliche, very cliche. I remember it like no other, uh, but it's it's absolutely true. February 5th, 2020, uh, I just came off uh, a, a dry January. So I was feeling like a million dollars, getting more sleep than ever, feeling great. And I get into the office that morning. I had shared an article on LinkedIn or a post on LinkedIn that talked about how to become a Forbes 30 under 30. I looked at all the stats from previous years and came up with this is how people become Forbes 30 under 30 because it was of interest to me. That's something that I wanted to do. It's something I still want to do and something I'm I'm, I'm working towards. And uh, I just thought it was ironic that right when I shared that, this this is what my day turned into. So I get into the office. I'm uh, I'm sitting there and I'm uh, working away on something. Don't remember exactly what it was, but our 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 one marketing manager who is also in charge of customer support starts sending me messages or maybe he turned around. Maybe he's working from home that day. I forget. But he says, "Hey, our clients are complaining. They haven't seen data in their dashboard for for like twelve hours or something like that." And because we were built on top of Google Analytics to provide our service, we were used to delays in their APIs. Um, and that actually might be a good, good time to pause and get to a bit of filler to, to, to explain where that issue came from. So uh, as I said, we do IP address reversal to identify companies visiting other companies' websites. How we do that IP address reversal previously was we had to use Google Analytics uh, so we would integrate directly with everybody's Google Analytics account to provide our service. And we did that via their APIs uh, because it was much easier to integrate with Google to provide the service than trying to build out our own Google alternative, Google Analytics alternative. Um, so yeah, that's that's the little bit of backfiller there. So uh, I'm sitting there at my desk. They're, they're saying, hey, we're not getting support requests or we're getting a bunch of support requests about not getting data for, for 12 hours or something like that. And we were used to a delay of five to six hours at most from the Google Analytics APIs. We, it was out of our hands. We couldn't do anything, but that was a normal thing that we were used to. But 12 hours was way too long. So I start looking around and I message our lead developer right away and I say, hey, like, are you seeing anything on the back end? Where is the issue here? Uh, what can you tell me about what's going on? As I kept looking on the front end to see what I could see to to multitask to tackle this in multiple different uh, from multiple different approaches, and he went looking through and he said, "We're still getting data back from Google Analytics, uh, so I don't see where the issue." And he started looking at other other areas where th- there might be issues. And I start digging around into actual Google Analytics on the front end to see, okay, what does the data show on Google Analytics in our system? And uh, and I'm in there and I'm looking at the reports that we usually get. And I notice that there's two fields that Google previously uh, supplied to its users and were previously available in the API because we got about 10 different fields from Google Analytics. Uh, what you did on a website, the pages you viewed, uh, and then a network domain and a service provider uh, and so on. But I'm looking at this network domain and service provider report and it's coming up with, what do they say? They say not set. That's Google's classic, like we're not gonna tell you what this is. They always do this. 
Uh, hey, you want to know what a keyword, what keyword uh, someone used to get to your website? Not set. Google's not telling you that. They, they, they put not set when they're trying to hide that data from you. And all the power to them. That's, that's, their, that's their platform. They own that space. Let them do it. That's, that's on them. Uh, but it was never not set before. I've never seen the service provider network domain report. The two fields we absolutely needed to provide our service come back as not set. So I became alarmed and I start looking around through other reports, uh, not noticing any changes there. So Google's not broken. I was hoping Google Analytics was just broken, not the case. So I look, start looking on forums. I start Googling like, hey, uh, network domain service provider missing, yada, yada, yada. I come across a forum. It was somewhere in a Google Analytics forum. So Google owned the forum where people could ask questions like a community little section for everybody. And people are also mentioning, hey, I haven't seen network domain or service provider come back uh, for, for a number of hours. It's all coming back as not set. Uh, and I'm seeing post after post of people confirming this. And then I get a little alarmed. Uh, so I message our developer and I say, hey, are you not getting these fields back? You're getting everything else other than these fields? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, that's going to be a problem. Uh, that's not good. Uh, and I was holding on to, I guess, some dumb optimism that they had made a mistake because I'm a big fan of Google still to this day, can't hold it against them. They usually tell you when they're going to sunset something, when they're turning down, a, they're turning off a product, they're, they're making a change that's going to break something. They're usually pretty good at telling their clients. I've seen it multiple times. Hey, we're sunsetting this. Uh, we're getting rid of Google Plus. No one really cared, but they told everybody they're getting rid of Google Plus. Uh, so I held on to some optimism. Now they would have told us if they were getting rid of those two fields. And I call our rep at Google and I say, hey, like we haven't seen this field. What's going on? And obviously they're not going to know right away. Google's a very large company. So they're not going to be able to go, yep, we removed that this morning, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so they have to ask a few friends of friends of coworkers and, and, and work through the Google uh, chain of command to see what's going on here. And uh, the next thing I know, we get, we get an email back from Google and say, yeah, those are removed. They're not coming back. And I remember the weakness in my, in my knees, the feeling in my stomach, like the pure anxiety. Reliving this right now is a bit of PTSD and this hurts. Because we were at a few hundred thousand dollars in reoccurring revenue. We had, uh, I think, five or six employees at this point. We were growing 400% year over year. We were, we were on a really good traje trajectory to do seven figures in, in 2020 and really get up there uh, in reoccurring revenue. And now we were back at zero. Without those two fields in the Google Analytics API, we were screwed. We were completely out of business. We didn't have a service to provide to our 250 clients that some of them had prepaid. 30% of them had paid for a year. So that means we owed them money in order to uh, shut down. We would have to refund them or, or go bankrupt. So uh, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking and just, just going through this, going through all the scenarios in my head. And uh, luckily, for the, for the first few days, at least, I had this, this killer drive. It just clicked in. It was like a fight or flight, and I stepped up. 
I stepped up and I was like, this is time to fight. I, I've been in, I've been in flight mode. Don't get me wrong, but this, I knew what was, what was coming out was fight. So I rationalized, I sat there and I said, okay, what are our options? And I came up with four different options. Uh, we either shut down and walk away. We try to sell our client, uh, try, try to sell our client base to a competitor or someone else that wants to buy our client base for probably nothing because they know we're screwed. They're not going to give us a good multiple on revenue that doesn't even exist at that point. And actually one of the competitors did message us in the middle of this and, and asked to, to purchase that client base, but we never went through with that. The third option was to, okay, we have a bit of money in the bank. We have more debt than we do uh, money. Let's try to pivot and, uh, and try to build something else. But that, that would be incredibly hard to do as any entrepreneur listening to this can, can attest to getting product market fit to begin with is next to impossible pivot pivoting in the middle of a crisis to try to get product market fit next to impossible. Uh, and the fourth one was, okay, we have to rebuild what Google analytics was providing us. And to, to give a hierarchy, it pretty much starts with Google analytics telling us these are the service provider, the network domain of the companies visiting this website, uh, the pages they viewed, the amount of time they spent, the source and medium, and so on. And then we take all of that, we clean all that data. Uh, so we still have a bunch of IP that just is below Google Analytics. We clean that, uh, we, we process it, we filter it, and then we display it in our dashboard or to, via our APIs or marketing automation platform integrations mm -hmm. to show to our clients. Um, so we still have a lot of IP and great stuff that we've built. It's just Google was that, that first plug that we needed and it was it was removed. So the fourth option was to, hey, if we rebuilt what Google Analytics was providing us, then we should be we should be in a good spot to, to make a recovery from this. So we weren't absolutely screwed. We had options. So uh, I take these options to our co-founder, Taraz Zubiak, who was our CTO at that point, and more of a fractional CTO than anything. Uh, we had our own team of developers that were working on the product and he had his other businesses. So he, he was focusing on the other businesses and that was always the agreement. So I took, I took it to him as the, the second largest shareholder and the, the technical co-founder. And I said, hey, we have these four options. I presented him the options and I, I was in fight mode at that point. So I knew we were going with number four and I was going to convince him to go with number four. But Taraz is a fighter as well. And he's like, we, there's only really one option there. So we're going for it. And we, we agreed upon that would be the approach. So the next thing uh, I did was I brought our team together and I said, guys, this is it. This is the, this is the end game. We have no other option other than to rebuild what Google Analytics was providing us as quick as possible. Otherwise we are completely out of business. Uh, to put it into some context, we had about, I think, 250 clients at this point. None of them were getting data. None of them were getting data. A lot of them checked their their uh, their dashboard every day to see what, what new clients visited their website, what new companies visited their website. They get emails every day to show that. They're not getting any of that. So they know something's wrong. Uh, every minute, every hour that goes by with no data showing up, they know something's wrong. Uh, so I said, guys, we have to we have to rebuild. And uh, if we don't, then we're out of business. 
And I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I knew, I know I made it as sound as dire as possible because that's what it was. I made sure they understood that this was the ninth inning step up to the plate or we're screwed. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never been more proud as a leader than I was that day because I was able to rally our troops uh, to step up and fight with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after, after getting them all rallied up and telling them this is what we're doing, uh, we laid out our tasks of how to rebuild this component. And it might sound easy to some, but some technology uh, enthusiasts out there understand uh, building a JavaScript tracking script uh, and tying it into an existing system isn't easy. Uh, and to put it into con- and put it into perspective for everybody, this should have taken us three to four months to build this replacement for Google. And we had negative 24 hours at this point, 16 hours at this point, negative, because we had already gone that long without showing data to these, to these clients that we had, to what we've built over the past two and a half years. And, uh, yeah, we we were able to rally our troops, get them get them uh, ready to go, and lay out an action plan of these are the tasks that need to be completed in order for us to to build this and to replace Google and and to survive. And uh, to fast forward a bit, we started we started building it out. The next day, uh, we had developers and our lead developer working twenty hours a day to to try to push out a replacement for. Google in a, in a time where we didn't, uh, we didn't lose all of our clients. And speaking of our clients, we, uh, originally, once we saw there's a, and this is common, whenever we see there's a delay in data, uh, that's abnormal, we would say, we put a, a notice to them on the dashboard that says, Hey, we have an experience. We're experiencing an issue with, uh, with data, uh, time coming back latency. And, uh, that was normal. So they, they expected that. Uh, but this long wasn't, so we put it, we put that notice up until we figured out what happened. Once we figured out what happened, uh, we sent out an email to all of our clients saying, Hey, Google made a change in the APIs that prevent us from using them moving forward. We're building out a replacement. Uh, you'll have it hopefully in the next few days. We apologize. You'll be refunded for any time missed plus some. And when we sent that email out, I think it was either the next day or the end of the first day, once we actually figured out exactly what was happening in our strategy, we locked the, the churn notifications for anyone in SaaS, the cancellations, I'll just say that, uh, were just pinging, just going and going and going. And I don't blame clients. I don't, I don't blame our clients for leaving us when, when that happened. That, uh, that makes sense to me. Um, but, uh, but we, all that was going through my head while that was happening was, okay, we're still not back at zero. This is what we'd worked on for the past two and a half years. Uh, we went from 250 clients. We might go down to 10, but at least we're not at zero. We're still above zero, which is good. Uh, fast forward to, to about three days after this had happened, we're building it out, we're still losing clients like crazy. We're, we're refunding them, not charging them for, for what, for this time that they don't have data. And the weekend approaches 
And I know the weekend's a crucial time because clients aren't online on the weekend. We're B2B, we're strictly B2B. So clients aren't gonna be online and checking if they're missing data and canceling on us because they are. So I know the weekend is when we can take make up time for the for the loss uh, for the lost data while people are enjoying their weekend, we can be building out our script, right? So, uh, but our our team has weekends off, just like every other B two B company. They have weekends off. They have families. They've got stuff they need to do. So, I sat down with our team and our lead developer uh, predominantly, and I said, like, we don't have an option here. We need these two days to make up for it and launch Monday or Tuesday. Otherwise, we're uh, we're not going to be a good spot with our clients. We're going to keep losing. We're going to keep burning clients. And I think we lost about five percent of our clients at this point. Uh, and again, I made it sound dire. I leveled with them. I told them like, "This is it. We're going out of business unless we can we can pull this off." And uh, they they agreed. Uh, they, they agreed to work throughout the weekend. Uh, and our lead developer mostly was the one crushing it out, the the 20 hours uh, a day working on the weekends. There, everyone jumped in though. Everyone jumped in and helped. I won't discount that. Uh, and uh, over the weekend, we were able to put together something that's mostly usable. We pretty much went from having an established product, something that was good, definitely past uh, the MVP stage of your first launch to pretty much having an MVP again. We had to replace a major source of our data, the, the, the initial source of our data. So when we when we relaunched on that Monday, the, after the weekend, we were pretty much back to an MVP. Uh, and we we uh, we cut some stuff that we didn't need. We didn't have source and medium and we didn't have some other fields. We didn't have the ability to control your, uh, your time zone, which we lost clients over, believe it or not. We were missing a lot of stuff because we had broken a major piece of our system and put in this hacked together solution. We launched it uh, Monday and, uh, and started testing it out and then put out a notice to our clients that says, hey, uh, you can now see data again, but you have to add your tracking, this tracking script, the visitor queue tracking script, the new tracking script to your website, to the header of your website. Uh, because previously we just used Google Analytics, 98% of websites have the Google Analytics tracking script on their website. So that prevented us from having to add a tracking script to their website. Now that Google Analytics is gone, we have a tracking script that needs to be added to every one of our clients' websites. And when I sent out that email, ping, 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 all the churn notifications again of people uh, upset that they had to add this tracking script or just noticing that they weren't uh, getting data, they didn't see my previous emails uh, and so on. Um, but we, we were able to keep about 80 to 85% of our clients, which again, it hurt. It really did. Uh, but the thing I kept telling myself the entire time was 80% is better than zero. Anything at that point was better than zero because you were pretty much at zero. Don't forget that you were pretty much at zero. And, uh, even though it only took five days, those were five or six days. Those were probably the most sleepless, uh, stressed out times of, uh, of my recent, of the re my recent history. They were, they were brutal. I think the first two days, two or three days I had that fight and I was ready to go. But once my team picked up and were, and didn't need me to have that 
that fight uh, on my face and showing it all times to them, I was drained. Like I, I, I kind of realized what had just happened. I almost lost two and a half years worth of work. I almost lost a few hundred thousand, few hundred thousand dollars and 250 clients. Everything I'd worked on, everything I dreamed of was, was gone. And once that clicked in, a bit of depression, the, the feeling of just pure anxiety at all times, not sleeping, uh, just kicked in. And I was able to work still, which was good. I could work through it, but I couldn't show optimism. It was very hard for me to show optimism. I could fake a smile. I could push through. But, uh, but for those few days after, uh, after that, that initial piece of strength, it was, it was very tough to, to show optimism. We, as I said, we launched our script. We were, we were good to go, but it was a, it was an MVP script. So we kept losing clients. We weren't adding as many clients in after we were missing a bunch of pieces. And after that five or six day ordeal, we progressively got better, but it probably took us 10 months to fully catch up. And we're just now catching up to where we were previously. Uh, so this has been a, a 10 month ordeal, uh, a 10 month down, but not out story, give or take, uh, where we were growing 400% year over year. And now last year we grew 30%. Now I will say that this was February of 2020 and everyone knows what happened in March of 2020. So it was almost a one, two punch. Google hit us and then COVID-19 hit us, but that's business. That's life really. And it's probably not going to be the last time that happens, that happens to us. So we lost about 20% in, uh, in the ordeal. We're up about 30% in 2020. And in the first three months of where we are now in 2021, we're up already 30% in 2021. So we're now getting back to that growth trajectory. Uh, we were at about five, five employees before we're at about nine now, uh, with full-time equivalents. Uh, and so on. So always good to hear those numbers. Always good to hear that fighting back uh, side of stuff. Um, I just want to touch on a few points that, uh, that I'm going to be asking my guests on this show. Uh, the, the one was considering quitting. And I don't remember considering quitting. I remember it sucking. I do remember it sucking and that pain. And like I said, this is all reliving it just hurts to bring up at times. It's a great I think it's a great heroic story to share and something that might inspire somebody that's going through something similar because these are the stories I love to hear. Uh, but I don't remember considering quitting. I remember it sucking, but I don't remember considering quitting. Uh, I've never been a quitter. I will say that. I don't remember anything that I've really quit. I always stick it through. I always fight. Uh, I've always been a fighter. I've always been able to step up there and not, not a great fighter, not physically, but if you're, if you're pushing, if I'm getting pushed, uh, mentally and physically, I'm going to fight through it. That's just, uh, that's just kind of who I am and, uh, and something that I've always had with me. Uh, and it, yeah, that's, that's probably what got me through it was the fact that I'm stubborn as good hell. You could ask my, you could ask my fiance and my friends. Uh, it could be the dumbest challenge. It could be the dumbest competition, but I still want to win. I'm still stubborn. Um, and stubborn gets a bad rep. It really does. 
Like a lot of the uh, best accomplishments was because someone was too stubborn to give up. There's times you can be too stubborn. If you're not admitting you're wrong, okay, fine. That's bad. Take it too far. Yeah, absolutely. If they can prove you're wrong, give it up. You're stubborn in a bad way. But if you're so stubborn that you're not giving up, uh, even though the odds are completely against you, like in our case, uh, like in many of the other stories you're going to hear from this podcast, I already have some great people lined up that I'm looking forward to talking to, then, then stubborn's a good thing. You got to consider that. Stubborn's a good thing. Uh, and then lastly, what I learned from this experience, uh, I just want to say, <laughs> and I will mention this before I get to this, uh, this other part about what I learned from this experience that I shouldn't have built on top of someone else's platform. Everyone's going to say it. Everyone, any of the good entrepreneurs out there will go, well, you built on someone else's platform. They can make changes. That's your fault. You should have had a replacement ready. And you're right. We should have had a replacement ready, but we didn't. We were chasing growth. We were hitting 300, 400% uh, year over year. You're in that position. You're going to be like, okay, I'm going to pause my investment into our marketing and uh, feature set that's going to keep driving growth to build this contingency plan that's going to take up two to three months worth of my developer's time. I I don't know if you're going to do it. If you are, good for you. But I wasn't, I wasn't willing to do that. I was willing to keep growing and running that risk. I always knew this could happen. This wasn't a complete shock that it could happen. It's the fact that it did happen and Google didn't tell us. And, uh, and it hurt probably more than, uh, than I was anticipating as well. Um, so yeah, if you're saying out there, you should have, you should have known it was going to, I knew it was going to happen. It, it, yeah, it could absolutely happen to anybody building on top of someone else's platform. It could happen. So what I learned from this experience is if you are building on top of someone else's platform, have a backup plan or be okay with the fact that they could drop you any day. Either either build that backup plan that we probably should have had ready, but we didn't, or be okay with the fact that they could drop you one day. Mentally prepare yourself for that worst case scenario because it will likely happen. If you're built on top of someone else's platform and reliant on their APIs or for them to drive your, your client growth, then that could change in an instant and your business could be thrown through a loop and you could be on down, but not out. Okay. I'm going to wrap up there. Uh, thanks for listening. And I look forward to sharing more down, but not out stories with you guys in the future. Cheers guys. Mm-hmm.